Time for our weekly wellness update. Joining us as she does each and every Thursday. Find her on Instagram at Go With Your Gut. Here is Laura DeSanctis, who joins us now. Laura, good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. Good afternoon. Okay, we're going to start with a story that we touched on yesterday, on yesterday's show, and that's a smartphone use and Canada ranking number seven when it comes to the amount of time we spend on our smartphones. Were you surprised we were that high in the top ten? Honestly, I thought we'd be in top five. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, yeah, I was a little surprised. I was particularly uh, surprised that we ranked ahead of the U.S. and the U.K. when it comes to the yeah. amount of time we spend on our smartphones. But, uh, you know, as I was saying yesterday, when I get that weekly uh, usage uh, report, mm -hmm. I feel like, uh, you know, I just I can't believe it. I just <laughs> I'm astounded every time I see how long I'm on my smartphone on a daily basis. But then again, right. we're using them for more and more things. Right. Like like I stream a lot of content, uh, you know, cast it onto my TV. From my smartphone which i'm sure you know adds up but uh, how do we know we've gone from that to being uh, addicted are there any kind of signs that we should all be looking for when it comes to being kind of addicted to our smartphones yeah i mean i see this all the time actually even when i'm outside on the street going for a walk it's that like people aren't paying attention to their surroundings uh, anti-social behaviors struggling to make eye contact um a lot of people are finding now difficulty in forming real friendships, poor coping skills, and that overuse constantly being um, distracted on our devices. And because of that, also our creativity can suffer. And it, I've read a lot of studies that have been saying that because we're um, constantly addicted to our phones now that we have developed ADHD. Okay, so is that one of the reasons why this is problematic? I mean, I'm sure there's some people saying, hey, why is this such a uh, big deal? My smartphone is a, a device that enables me to do so much, uh, and if I'm on it on a regular basis, I shouldn't be uh, overly uh, concerned. But uh, are there some consequences by spending too much time on our smartphones? I think so. I think, like, scrolling is an addiction. I think um, we feel like there's this FOMO. We feel that there's this need that we need to constantly be on our social media or or these apps to stay connected. Um, and I think a lot of the time, too, is we miss being present. And I see this even with my friends, uh, my family, let's say if I'm going out for dinner, is that we're not actually enjoying the moment or the experience because we're too busy, like, on our phones or we're too busy trying to capture something in the moment but actually not enjoying the moment. And then even for, like, there are brain waves. There's that steady stream of that dopamine, that brain chemical that influences our mood. Um, so that can also play a big effect in scientists have seen this time and time again in most recent studies that that dopamine response that pleasure behavior um there's a direct link between dopamine that neurotransmitter and our addiction to social media and our addiction to being on our smartphones okay that is really interesting and i bet you that is a major reason why people are addicted to social media and their smartphones so there really is a you know you, you get a hit of happiness if you will that dopamine every time you uh, check your insta or your twitter and it's like oh i got five more likes yep yep or even cultivating those relationships that are i guess fake on social media so like making these friends which is great to do but i mean how about cultivating the relationships in real life as well so getting that dopamine response of making new online friends or getting more likes um on a picture or a video or a post those are all great things but then let's bring it back to real life as well and like nurturing those friendships and acquaintances and and, and family in real time and in real life and setting up dinner dates in real life instead of just scrolling mindlessly on our couch all the time 
Well, now that, uh, you know, capacity limits have been uh, lifted and restaurants and bars are open uh, once again, maybe that's more of an option for people to, uh, uh -oh. yeah, cultivate those face-to-face -face, uh, mm -hmm. friendships and relationships uh, once again. And is that kind of maybe your number one recommendation? Are there any other sort of recommendations you've got, uh, healthy recommendations to help us reduce our smartphone time? Um, I am always a big proponent of sleep and kind of winding down before bed. So try not to be on your device or on a smartphone at least an hour before bed so that we you know sleep is non-negotiable for me. I always talk about making sure you get at least six, eight hours of sleep. So limiting your time on your phone. I know um, you mentioned this, Jeff, that you had a report on your phone that tells you how long you've been on apps or on your actual phone. So limiting your time, at least giving yourself one to two hours a day of a break of being on your phone. Um, and as I mentioned before, kind of making sure that you're nurturing the real life relationships and even the one with yourself, whether it's like making sure you're going back to the gym now or yoga or walking or meditating or doing something for yourself for that one hour a day. Because a lot of people will say, I don't have enough time in the day, but then ask yourself, how much are you spending on social media? How much free time are you spending on your device? So getting an hour back and doing something, creating a relationship or a habit for yourself. Joined by our wellness expert, Laura DeSanctis. Also this week, Laura, we wanted to talk about uh, food safety because uh, there's really kind of an exorbitant amount or a, at least a real increase in the amount of uh, food recalls we're seeing. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I mean, I don't know about you, Jeff, but I don't, uh, I'd be a little bit scared if I saw some creepy critters in my cereal. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. That's just uh, one of many uh, food uh, recalls. And uh, why are we seeing more and more food uh, recalls as of uh, late? Is there some sort of underlying reason here? Well, I'm actually, I mean, there's been a lot of recalls specifically um, in Canada with um, insects and in, in like dehydrated bananas and cereals and things like that. Um, but it could be a combination of things. I think one of the biggest things are really uh, travel I'm not really sure why the insect-related recalls in Canada, there's, there's been so many over the past month, but I know there's been recalls and it's always good to sign up for um, these emails to see which foods are being recalled because you just want to be safe. It doesn't necessarily have to be the packaged products, but even uh, lettuce, uh, apples, oranges, there's so many uh, food recalls. So I always like to caution people to sign up um, for these, I guess, email blasts or, or newsletters from the government of Canada. But why is there so many right now? I would say there's a combination. Um, it could be that the food recalls could be more frequent because advances in technology. So they could detect more pathogens. That's possibly one reason. Um, but sometimes companies issue recalls just to be extra cautious. So they don't want to make, um, you know, if the risk could be low, they'd rather, rather be safe than sorry. So that's like two of my I would say uh, hypothesis, but again, no one's perfect. And we see re food recalls all the time, especially when there's mass production of processed food. Okay. And uh, how concerned should we be as, uh, you know, w wondering about, worried about our wellness when it comes to uh, our food, that uh, if we do see something, I mean, how can we be sure uh, whether or not uh, we might have uh, something that is spoiled subject to recall uh, in our fridge? I know we've talked about this before on the show and we, we spoke about and we were joking about, you know, smelling something, doing that uh, smell analysis test to smell if it's bad or not. But <laughs> before you want to even do that, you want to pay attention to those food recalls. So get accurate information, stay up to date. Um, 
I would just, like I said, from the government of Canada or even companies that you follow with on social media, usually they're, they're really good about notifying, no, notifying Canadians about any recalls. Um, but then also, so subscribing to Canada's high risk food recall warnings, that's also a great one. But then limiting or reducing your consumption of highly processed foods because many, many uh, highly processed and packaged foods like, um, canned foods, frozen foods, fish sticks, processed meats, a lot of those type of foods where we see the recalls of certain ingredients and even frozen or fresh vegetables. So you want to reduce or limit the consumption of highly processed foods. And I speak about this a lot on the show is that, you know, fresh is always best if you can. All right. And when all else fails, the good old sniff test, just use the sniff test. (laughs) And I know people listening right now will be wondering about uh, best before dates. Uh, What's your advice on that when it's a day after uh, the best before date? Should you consider that to be, you know, spoiled food or food that you shouldn't be consuming? I personally don't like to push my luck. So I, if that's the best before date, I would go by that date, especially when it comes to dairy products or meat. Um, but it's really dependent on, I think, too, how sensitive your stomach is. But if it's a local ingredient, it might spoil faster. So uh, consider that as well. And I wouldn't just look at, you know, the smell test. But if you open it up and you see that there's visibly some, I guess, spores or fungus, definitely don't eat it. All right. Laura, appreciate it as always. Thanks so much for this. We'll talk again next week. Thank you. There's our wellness expert, Laura DeSanctis. Find her on Instagram at GoWithYourGut. You're listening to The Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.